Hello and welcome to the Cinderella podcast, where we watch and review every Cinderella adaptation we can get our hands on, discussing the same story over and over until we slowly go insane. I'm Liv. And I'm Talon. And today we watched Cinderella, made in 1985, which we're going to call the fairy tale theater Cinderella since it was season four, episode five of the fairy tale theater TV show. Mm-hmm. Liv, do you want to tell us a little bit about what that is? I do so much. So Shelley Duvall is the daughter of Robert Duvall, who is a very famous actor. And she grew up in Hollywood in sort of the film scene. And she was filming Popeye, the live action movie with Robin Williams. She plays Olive Oil. And she and Robin Williams were just like, hey, we should just do like, you know, like a fairy tale theater. I think that'd be super fun. And so she did. So it's just this very low-budget series of fairy tales with people like Billy Crystal, Christopher Lee, Matthew Broderick, Robin Williams. Tim Burton directs one of them. It's just, it's a bunch of really, really famous actors doing adorable cutesy fairy tales on a very low budget. Jeff Goldblum is in one of them. He plays the big bad wolf in The Three Little Pigs with Billy Crystal. It's amazing. That sounds adorable. It's so cute. So this is just her brainchild. This is just her baby. And I grew up with these. I love these. So this is definitely the Cinderella of my childhood. And I just had so many feelings revisiting this. How was it watching it again as an adult? How recently have you watched it? Because I know within the past year. Not within the past year, actually. We watched this just before we started the podcast. This was one of the six that we watched before we realized that we had to start a podcast. Mm -hmm. And was that more than a year ago? It was more than a year ago. Oh, do we have a podcast anniversary? Well, I think so, but I missed it. Oh, I missed it too. I'm so sorry. It's okay. We'll get, we'll get it next year. Uh, (laughs) Not good at anniversaries, but I have not watched it since. So it's definitely been over a year. How did it feel watching it? probably more critically than you usually do it was definitely a little weird it was mostly as I remembered but there were a couple of scenes that I was like I don't remember that scene being quite so long or so poorly done I I don't remember that I think that was added I think YouTube added that since I watched this as a kid I don't think that was there who crammed all this junk in here yeah there was definitely a little bit of I don't recall that I don't think that was there but all in all a very positive experience. This still holds up really well as a Cinderella. So I was really happy to watch it. I love this one. Mm. So let's actually get started, I guess, then. <laughs> so we begin with Shelley Duvall, who is the producer as well as the host, but not actually a character in the story. She just goes as like a voice in an empty room. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. And then poof. And she appears in the chair and it's like a library kind of room with a fireplace. And she goes, it's nice to have some help from a fairy godmother. And she says, here's a story about a lucky girl that rose from the ashes and realized that she only needs to be herself to find true happiness and a prince. Yep. And then we get exposition music with some credits. And we're looking at the exterior of a house and it's a nice house and it's got a garden with, you know, plants and stuff. And we see that somebody is in the window moving around and we zoom in slowly and we see that it is Cinderella. And she's got a little dusting thing in her hand and she's just she's just dusting. 
she's really pretty, guys. This is Jennifer Beals. She's the girl from Flashdance. She's the main girl from Flashdance. Oh my god! Yes, that's where I recognized her from. That's mm-hmm. so funny. Yeah, she oh, did. Oh, she's so young in this. Yeah. Well, she did this right after Flashdance. This is the next Wait, thing. Wait, really? Yeah, this is the next thing in her IMDb credits list. It's Flashdance this. That's wild. She seems so like sweet and like young in this that I automatically pegged her as younger. No, she is 22 in this. Huh. Huh. She's really pretty. She's got a very heart-shaped face and long dark ringlets and sort of a cute little uptip nose and she has a very soft voice when she speaks it's very gentle she's wearing a bonnet oh yeah which is a choice yeah she's almost pulling it off but uh not quite not quite it's a little maid cap she's wearing pink which is not really a super flattering color on her and this cinderella is set in sort of the 1830s with like a big dash of whatever we felt like so i mean it's got some of the silly 30s hairstyles and some of like the big poofy sleeves and full skirts but also just whatever we had lying around it has strong 80s energy Mm -hmm. yeah in the choice of silhouette and like sleeve yeah there's a little bit of like 80s prom in everything you are not wrong So we have a narrator who tells us that Cinderella lived with her father, her stepmother, and her two stepsisters. And overall, Cinderella was fairly content with this situation until one fateful day, and we get a knock on the door. Cinderella opens it, and a man delivers a note to her and says, I'm so sorry. He's a very gruff man. He's got like a mustache, and he's very Mm serious-based. And the way he says, I'm sorry, is like very intense. So like, it's very obviously that her father is passed. Yeah. So she takes the letter and she opens it and starts to read it. The stepmother comes in and just snatches it right out of her hand and then makes a very intense sort of big eyes, open mouthed face and goes, oh, oh no. The two stepsisters come careening down the stairs, just glumphing down the stairs saying, oh, mother, what is the matter, mother? The stepmother says, it's your stepfather. He is dead. And they all have hysterics. They wail theatrically. Indeed. While poor Cinderella just looks stunned. Mm -hmm. And the narrator tells us that they immediately start planning an impressive funeral to make sure that all the right people will be in attendance. And that the only one who really mourned his passing is Cinderella, who goes to sort of cry by the fireplace. And it's very sad. It is very sad. Uh, We should describe the stepmother and the stepsisters. Okay, I'm so excited about this. Okay, so I'm going to start with the stepsisters. So we have Arlene and Bertha, and I'm really happy that their names don't rhyme and aren't themed for one. Arlene is the taller one. She's fairly stocky. She has red hair, and she has a very nasally whiny voice. And her hair is done up in this bizarre topknot bun thing with some weird floofy bows and ribbons. Bertha is the other one, and she is very short and very plump, and she has ridiculous blonde curls, just blonde ringlets every which way, like an evil Goldilocks. This entire family looks vaguely like they're from Whoville, Mm -hmm. in that their hair is slightly gravity-defying and very silly and may have involved wire. Mm -hmm. Bertha also has 
an incredibly obnoxious voice. It is a high-pitched, gravelly voice. The only way I can really describe it is it's like someone doing a mean impersonation of Moaning Myrtle. Ooh. That's just sort of what it sounds like all the time. It's weird. And then we have the stepmother. Guys, the stepmother is Eve Arden, who is the principal from Greece. <gasps> yes! Yes. And she's basically just playing that exact same character. Her hairstyle is basically the same, but with some ringlets. And she has a big shouldered dress that has a big collar on it. And it's sort of austere, but also weirdly frilly. So yeah, she's basically just playing the principal character. And it's perfect for an evil stepmother. It's wonderful. She is a delight. She also falls on the spectrum of stepmothers and how they feel about their own daughters. She's of the type that finds her daughters embarrassing and doesn't seem to like them very much, but also wants everybody else to like them and is very much like, look at my daughters in public and then in private berating them for things. But not in a way that gives you any empathy for them. This is very much a traditional Cinderella. They don't really dive into, oh, what would the stepsisters be like having such a mean mom? It's just, this is a straightforward traditional Cinderella. The stepsisters and stepmother are all very one-dimensional. And I really like it. It's just straightforward. She has strong dance mom energy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So our next scene is presumably right after the funeral. The stepmother, stepsisters, and Cinderella walk in, and they all have cloaks on, but Cinderella's the only one who's got a black shawl on and, like, a black veil, and she just is so shaken, and she stares off into the distance and says, it was so sad. I can't believe my father is really gone. And the stepmother goes, yes, it's difficult for us all. Well, enough gloom for one day. I think we should start to reorganize the household. You know, we should all pitch in and make the best of things in a difficult situation. (laughs) And then they divide the chores. They sure do. (laughs) So the way this works is the stepmother announces, Cinderella, you will do all the cooking. And my lovely daughters, you won't do any of the cooking. And Cinderella kind of nods like, okay. And then she goes, Cinderella, you should wax the floors too, dear. And Cinderella kind of nods and the stepmother looks at her daughters and goes, Arlene and Bertha, you won't. And they, and they <laughs> kind of nod along like, yes, yes, this makes sense. And <laughs> then the stepmother goes, and no, last but not least, the sweeping, polishing, cleaning, scouring dishes, trash, gardening, bed making, and various miscellaneous chores, including laundry and everything else will be done by, hmm... Cinderella and while she's pausing (laughs) the stepsisters are kind of like not making eye contact and hiding behind their hands yeah like basically avoid getting called on yes it's the please don't call on me (laughs) it's pretty great and the stepmother goes any questions and Cinderella tentatively raises her hand and (laughs) the stepmother goes yes and Cinderella clears her throat and goes um I don't mean to be rude but isn't this arrangement just a bit lopsided? And the stepmother goes, oh, well, I'm not finished. And Cinderella believes this and seems to relax a little bit. The stepmother goes, Bertha, your duties will include bathing yourself, brushing your own hair, and maintaining an attractive appearance. And Bertha nods along and 
snidely looks at Cinderella and goes, see, I'm not complaining. The stepmother turns to the other stepsister and goes, Arlene, you will be in charge of relaxing, wearing fashionable clothing, and occasionally answering the door. Arlene says, oh, mother, I hate that door thing. And of course, the stepmother goes, oh, all right, Cinderella, you'll answer the door. And I will be in charge of being in charge. Well, you better get to work. Yep. I am just going to say, the way that Arlene speaks is, oh, mother, I hate that door thing. So the whole time she speaks, that's how she sounds. (laughs) So the stepsisters, yeah, they're like, well, we better get to work. And they sort of bustle out. And Cinderella comes up to the stepmother and she says, it still seems like I have more chores than everyone else. And the stepmother goes, well, consider yourself lucky that I allow you to stay in my house. And since you are now legally my daughter, you must obey my every command. And now I command you to work. Yep. Oof. Cinderella makes a really sad face and there's very dramatic music. Oh, yeah. Uh, And then we just kind of look at Cinderella sit in the fireplace and just be sad. And then the narrator goes, and work she did. (laughs) So I love this work montage. It's one of my favorites. We see her in a fireplace cleaning out a fireplace, you know, actually cleaning out a fireplace the way that you have to do. So she's inside it partially. Which is very appropriate when your name is Cinderella. Yeah. And she sort of coughs and sneezes because there's, there's soot everywhere and she comes out and she wipes her forehead and she's smudgy now. Her pretty pink cap and gown have smudges on them. I have in my notes, sad coughing. Mm-hmm. We see the stepsisters just snoozing on the sofa, just taking a nap. And we pan up to Cinderella gardening outside and she's shoveling or hoeing or something. She's doing something that is hard. She's clearly working hard. Mm-hmm. And we see her polishing her sister's shoes as they yell at her. And we see her washing clothes and hanging them out on the line to dry while it's very windy. And she just looks really tired. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a fairly brief montage and she doesn't do that much. I mean, in terms of just, okay, fireplace, gardening, clothes, shoes. But it's really effective. It really gets across the sense that she's doing a lot of things and that it's physically very difficult. Well... We also do get the narrator telling us that she did every chore and then some. Mm-hmm, that's true. So it's, it's very clearly signaling. I thought that last shot when she was hanging out the laundry lasted a little too long and it was kind of unnecessary and it didn't fit the pace of the rest of the montage because it was like a bunch of quick cuts to different chores and then one long kind of ponderous ending. And I wish it had either been like a slower montage with a still shot and she comes in and out of frame doing different chores, or it had just continued to be quick. Yeah, I I can see that. But then we get an amazing cut to a new scene. I have Bertha, who is the blonde fat stepsister. Bertha is posing dot 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 Frenchly with grapes. (laughs) She's holding the grapes up above her mouth while like half reclining. Mm -hmm. She's her own grape girl. Yes. Arlene is painting her. With like an easel set up and everything. It's very legit. Mm -hmm. But someone knocks at the door. Arlene sighs gustily and goes, Cinderella, answer the door. And someone knocks again. And this time Bertha goes, Cinderella, answer the door. But Cinderella does not hear them. And so Arlene 
takes off her painter's cap and grouchily stomp, stomp, stomps her way over to the door. Complaining about all the walking she has to do? Yes. And she opens the door, and a guy is there, wearing a nice suit and a hat, and he says that his name is Edgar, and he's there for Cinderella. He says that they went to school together, and he's brought her some flowers, because he just got back into town, and he wanted to stop in. He's sort of swaying as he holds the flowers, so you get the sense that he definitely has a crush on her. Mm-hmm. Also, he brought her flowers. Yes. And, um, uh, do you want to... <laughs> so... What happens next is that one of the stepsisters, I believe Bertha, snatches the bouquet away from him, goes, Cinderella's not here. She died. And his face just falls, and he's so upset by this. And he goes, oh, no, what a tragedy. I'm so sorry. And the sisters go, well, we got over it. Bye. And they slam the door in his face and cackle. At this point, Cinderella walks into the room and goes, oh, who was that? And they go, it was Edgar. And she goes, Edgar from school? And they go, yeah, he came to ask me out. He hates your guts, by the way. Yep, that's what happens. That's what happens. And Cinderella is just, her face falls. She's so sad because her face sort of lit up too. And she was like, oh, Edgar from school? And she's just really sad. So she's doing some sort of weird chore, some sort of sweeping thing, which is making dust. The stepmother walks out of a room to hold a silver vase and be like, you missed a spot. And Cinderella scrubs it a little bit. And it's very clearly just clean this already clean thing. Mm -hmm. There is clearly nothing there. Yeah. There's an antics thing and the stepmother eventually just snatches the silver vase back. And as she's about to storm off, Cinderella goes, I have to ask you, why do you treat me with such contempt? And the stepmother responds, it's very simple. Nature has been very kind to you. You've been blessed with incredible beauty and a sweet disposition and a loving heart. These are qualities which are totally absent in myself and my daughters. Therefore, in order to balance the scales of nature, which have been unfairly tipped in your favor, it is only right that we should treat you like dirt. Cinderella says, I'm not sure I agree with that logic. And the stepmother continues, well, think of it as a good deed. You kiss up to us, we despise you, and everyone is happy. I'm not happy. Splendid. And then she <laughs> walks away. Oh, it's a great scene. It was really good. I really, really enjoyed their interplay. I really like how Cinderella addresses her situation. She doesn't stand up for herself a bunch, but she definitely does address the problems. And she does give some pushback, but like, well, that doesn't make sense. It seems like I'm doing all the chores. She doesn't just take it without saying anything. Well, it also does appear like this is a very, very recent development. And she's still just struggling in the wake of her father dying. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it makes a lot of sense that she's acting like she's talking to somebody who's a reasonable person and like a good faith participant in this conversation. because. Before this, probably had no reason to expect something like this to happen. Yeah. So it kind of does make sense that she's trying to approach it like, okay, but logically, this doesn't seem fair. Like, we all agree, right? That this isn't fair. Like, I'm not crazy. This is weird. Is this weird? I feel like it's weird. <laughs> yep. It, it definitely makes sense in the timeline of the Cinderella. And I just, I really like it. It's a thing that makes me happy when Cinderella's include this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
But before we can really dive into this much more, there's a knock on the door again. And Cinderella opens it, and it is another man, a different man in a fancy suit. And he bows, and he says that he is a royal messenger from Prince Henry, son of King Rupert III. And Cinderella is yanked away from the door as the stepsisters violently replace her. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, come in. Please come in. We're wild about royal messengers, especially cute ones. And then Bertha goes, could we get you something to drink? Perhaps some ham? It's one of my favorite lines because she just looks manic. She's got all these blonde curls going every which way. She's wearing the craziest colors. They're like stripes that are pink and purple. And her eyes are just so wide and she's just so close to him. They're both just glommed onto this royal messenger dude staring at him aggressively. And just, would you like something to drink? Perhaps some ham. The way she says the word ham is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yep. <laughs> because she offers it as if it's an example of a beverage he might want. Yes. And stretches it out very long. Yes. It's, it's... just, it's, it's incredible. I, <laughs> I could not possibly recreate it for you, but just know that it is very, very good. Yes. So the messenger is a little bit thrown by this. And he goes, I cordially, I mean... He cordially invites you to the Royal Autumn Ball, the theme of which is autumn. <laughs> it's great. And he tells them that there will be food and unlimited champagne, and they're squealing and very excited. Musicians. And musicians. Uh, Arturo and his band of merry cellists. Yeah! I would see that. Absolutely. That sounds like fun. So he sort of bows to the sisters, and he says, okay, well, until then... I must bid you adieu. And as he says adieu, just full on sprints from the house, slamming the door behind him. And the stepsisters jump up and down and race after him and scream, adieu, 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 adieu. It's very funny. And then they scream, we're going to a ball in a very low, aggressive voice and shriek and cackle and bounce. If they weren't mean to Cinderella, I would actually like them a lot. They seem like a ton of fun. Yeah. I could see that in a sense, but no, I don't like them. <laughs> well, because they're mean to Cinderella. Like, I'm not going to be like, well, you know, they are mean to her, but they're also very funny. No, like, they suck. <laughs> but I could see a version of this where I enjoyed it a lot. Okay. So then we cut to Cinderella measuring and sewing and making gowns for the stepsisters. Arlene is tightening a corset on Bertha and Bertha's mm -hmm. complaining about not being able to breathe the stepmother says that one night of suffocation won't kill her and they get Cinderella to measure her right when she's at you know peak wrapped in corseted <laughs> into place Bertha makes a weird noise blowing air out of her mouth uh, something halfway between a raspberry and just like a sigh yeah. it, it seems very unintentional <laughs> it's very silly it's very silly it makes a loud noise next we see cinderella sitting on a sofa sewing cinderella sitting sewing on a sofa <laughs> and the stepsisters show up <laughs> and the stepsisters show up and sit on either side of her <laughs> wow okay <laughs> uh and they're like oh so cinderella what will you be wearing to the ball and Cinderella, having multiple brain cells, goes, well, I assumed I wasn't going. And they're like, no, of course you are. 
And Cinderella's like, oh, do you mean I was invited to the royal ball? And as soon as she buys into it, even a little bit, they're like, ha ha, are you crazy? Of course you're not going. Who'd want a dirty nobody like you at an upward mobile bash like that? Yeah. And as they tease her, she gets really sad and she says, you're right. Who'd want a nobody like me? That's the saddest part for me. It's very sad. Oh, when you can tell that she's starting to believe it, like that part is internalizing the abuse. No, don't like that. So now we're in the actual getting ready for the actual ball scene. The stepmother is giving them basically marching orders, just instructions, saying, This is your one chance to nab a prince. And she tells them, Don't act too smart. Men are intimidated by intelligent women. And Arlene goes, what do you mean intelligent? And the stepmother sort of looks at her and goes, oh, never mind. Which, okay, that joke is not awesome, but her response to that joke is pretty funny. She's just like, you can see the cogs turning on her head before she decides it's just not worth it. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah, I like her being like, oh, you know what? It's not going to matter with this one. You're fine. It's, it's not that, don't have to worry about that with this one. So they're finally getting ready to leave, and the stepmother gives them, as they're walking out the door, she says, now girls, remember, be charming, be... Be kind, be gracious, be charming. And whatever you do, don't be yourselves. <laughs> and she says this, and they all sail out the door and cinderella calls have a good time after them and in the middle of the word time they just slam the door on her in her face oh and she's she's literally not even saying can i come with you she's just saying have a good time and the door just cuts her off and it's oof it's such a rough scene it's so sad and we don't even like the scene doesn't even end the camera lingers on her just walking away from the door slowly alone in the kitchen mm-hmm. And then we see her in the next room and she says out loud to herself, I think I'll just stay home alone and sit by the fireplace. And as she sits down, sad music starts playing. Mm -hmm. But you can see over her shoulder behind her, a rocking chair begins to rock. And then poof, we get kind of some magic effects, but it's mostly like fireworks. It's It's a poof firework effect. It's a flashbang. Yeah. And the fairy godmother appears, and she's an older lady in a very floofy white sleeve dress, and she's got a little crown. Lots of very curly white hair. And this is Jean Stapleton. So this lady is Edith from All in the Family. This is Edith Bunker. I don't know who that is, but I didn't like her. Me neither. I mean, I don't know who that is either, but All in the Family is a very famous sitcom. It was Edith and Archie Bunker. I didn't recognize her. And I also didn't like her. That's that's fair. She was um she was famous at the time though. Like she was a very familiar face. Okay. So the fairy godmother looks over at Cinderella and she goes, Oh, enough of this boo-hoo and what's wrong? She has a very sort of southern accent. And Cinderella, through her just sobbing, says, I I wanna go to the ball, but she says it through sobbing, so it's not very clear. And the fairy godmother goes, You want a ball? A round, sort of bouncy thing? And Cinderella's like, no. And the fairy godmother responds, oh, I'm just fooling. I know you want to go to the ball. I don't like that. I don't like that she's being mean to her. Like, when someone's crying, 
that's not really the best time to tease them. I don't think it's nice. I'm with you. I I like what they were going for. And what they were going for was no one's made you laugh. You've forgotten how to laugh. You've forgotten how to smile because you've just been sad and working. And I'm going to bring some humor back into your life. I agree that when someone is crying is not the best time to be joshing with them. So I'm I'm with you. And I like that they do address it later. Like they address her sense of humor later. I just, you know, when Aladdin is stuck in the cave and then the genie shows up and like throws an entire party and is just like funny and impresses him and is there to just do magic and make his life better. He doesn't make fun of Aladdin during any of that. I feel like he makes fun of him for a second. No, it's all about like building him up and being like, what do you want? You're the boss. And I'm not saying she has to be like, okay, Cinderella, you're in charge. But it would be so much nicer if she was like being mean to the stepmother and stepsisters and was like, oh, did that woman come in here and go, Cinderella, do this, do that. And like, just like mimic some of her mannerisms. Yeah. That, That could be a thing that made Cinderella laugh. I would have liked that much better. I mean, you're you're correct. This is definitely not my favorite part of the show. Okay. But I am also just very used to this from my childhood, so I am having a hard time being... What's that word? Unbiased? It's not quite the right word, but sure. Unbiased. Impartial. Impartial, thank you. I'm having a hard time being impartial about this. So... Okay, but I even found <laughs> the fairy godmother in Brandy a little bit too mean. Agreed. Yeah. So my tolerance for a fairy godmother teasing a crying Cinderella is basically like right at zero. Like yeah. I can't, I don't, I don't like that at all ever. Agreed. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. So we get the fairy godmother's explanation that fairy godmothers are very secretive and they have to be very selective about when they show up because solving problems is good for you. And we get this bizarre throwaway line from Cinderella who says, well, I mean, I wish you would have been there when my stepsisters tied me to the banister and she gets cut off and the fairy godmother's like, well, do you want to go to the ball or do you want to sit here chewing the fat all night? Then they proceed with the rest of the the movie. But that's a weird throwaway line. It hints at a much darker, much funnier version of this movie than the one that was actually made. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Because it is implying that the fairy godmother is only wants to be there for the fun parts and doesn't actually like really care about Cinderella, maybe? It's, it definitely makes her more morally ambiguous. I'll, I'll definitely give you that one. It's just kind of a yikes. Yeah. So they go over things th- to turn into a carriage. They try the stove, but it's too greasy. And they try the carpet, but decide... Well, they nah. don't try. They consider... The fairy godmother is very obviously waiting for Cinderella to, like, do all of the Cinderella tropes and, like, hit all the Cinderella lines. And she's trying to, like, add dumb until Cinderella gets it. But the entire time she's, like, rolling her eyes about it. I didn't like that either. Okay. There was a bunch of, like, (laughs) we should turn something into a coach. What can we turn into a coach? And Cinderella being like, oh, what about the stove? The fairy godmother being like, no, it's too greasy. Maybe something smaller. And then she starts hinting, you know, like a vegetable. And then Cinderella goes, oh, we have some pumpkins growing on the ground. And the fairy godmother goes like, yeah, let's, yeah, let's get the pumpkins. 
it, it just felt condescending. Yes. I always interpreted that as the fairy godmother just being very vacant and just not really sure what's going on, just sort of unaware. So genuinely like, uh, no, I don't think the stove will work, huh? Like, oh, okay, a pumpkin, fine. I realize that this is an incorrect interpretation and that she is absolutely yeah, trying to realize. Yeah, that's definitely no, no, not no. what it is. You're correct. I've just interpreted this my okay, whole okay, life as, good. this is a dotty fairy godmother. So it's it's weird for me to be like, oh yeah, no, she's definitely trying to just railroad Cinderella onto the correct storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little meta, but whatever. Yeah, it's weird. It's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a strange taste. Especially it's- since her name is literally Cinderella. Yeah. Like, how is she supposed to know about the Cinderella fairy tale if Maybe. she's literally Cinderella? Oh, wait. So there's clearly a Cinderella story that exists in this universe. Mm-hmm. What do you think the Cinderella story in this universe is called? Like, it's clearly not called Cinderella, or she'd know about it. Margaret. It's called Margaret. <laughs> Margaret. <laughs> yeah, so they, they finally get outside and they do get a pumpkin. And the fairy godmother says, now stand back, this could be dangerous. And she kisses her magic wand, which has a star at the end of it. And she does a big arcing lean down to tap it. But just before she does, she stops and she's like, wait, no, they're not hollow, are they? They're full of like stringy stuff and seeds. And Cinderella's like, yeah. And the fairy godmother's like, well, you don't want to have gigantic seeds inside your coach, do you? No, we better get it cleaned out. So then they pick up the pumpkin and take it inside. And then we get a scene of them cleaning out the pumpkin and Cinderella just venting to her. It was really cute. It jumps right into it. Yeah, which I really like this scene. I like that they address that there's stuff in the pumpkin, weirdly. And you get a little backstory into Cinderella's personal experience. And she's like, look, I don't mind doing the housework. I don't, I've never mind helping out around the house, but now I do everything. And they kicked me out of my own bedroom and I have to sleep on the floor in the kitchen. The fairy godmother's just doing very supportive well, now I'm really steamed. I'm going to turn them into something. Mm-hmm. Cinderella says, you know, please don't. Maybe they can't help the way that they are. I really like this because Cinderella has not had a chance to vent to anybody since her father's died. Mm-hmm. And I love that she has this with a very sympathetic person who doesn't try to problem solve. And is just like, yes, that was terrible. They were horrible people. That was awful. So I really love this interaction. It was really cute. It, it felt like a very genuine person-to-person conversation yeah which we don't usually see cinderella and her godmother have yes absolutely i like it when there's that moment of connection and familiarity between them because she really doesn't have that in her life yeah i also like cinderella's line of don't punish them they can't help the way that they are Mm -hmm. which i think is i think that's really indicative of her good nature of just they're mean to me but they can't help being what they are i don't want to punish them for it i would just like them to not be mean to me Mm-hmm. And I like that. I it's... always like when Cinderella's like, no, don't punish them. And then they get punished anyways. Yeah, I, I do like that. Because then I get to have my cake and eat it too. Oh, absolutely. So they've got the pumpkin all cleaned out. And Cinderella says, don't you need to say some magic words? And the fairy godmother's like, oh, honey, I'm way beyond that. She kisses her wand and she does a big arc forwards and she holds it over the pumpkin. And nothing happens for a surprisingly long time. And then we get the sparkles from like a literal sparkler. And then we just get a poof and some fade transitions and dramatic music into a very spindly open carriage with gauze draped around it and 
Christmas tree lights, lighting it up, little, like little fairy lights, and a chair that's been spray painted silver stuck in the middle of it. It looks like a float that some high school kids might make yes. for like their homecoming parade and like not a good one. No, it's definitely very low budget. I like it because I liked it when I was a kid. It was fine. It was yeah. not the worst carriage we'd ever seen. It did not look like a real carriage, but it was also not a two-dimensional prop with a chair attached to it. It was a three-dimensional prop with a chair attached to it. And you know what? The thing about this is they're very upfront about, hey, we have very low budget. We're not going to blow the budget on stupid stuff like mm-hmm. a really expensive, fancy carriage that we're only going to see for a little tiny amount of time. Just imagine it. This is an imagination thing. Just you have to work with us. It really helps that they call it fairy tale theater. Yes. Because it does very much have the feeling of a theater production. And as such, you have a lot more forgiveness of things. Yeah. So and then they have to do the horses. The fairy godmother is like, oh, well, I just thought I'd hitch myself to the carriage, which was always a weird line. Yeah. And then she's like, haha, gotcha. Yeah. And Cinderella's like, well, there's some snails in the garden. The fairy godmother's like, those are going to make really slow horses. She's trying to get her to say mice. And then Cinderella you know, finally she does. Yeah. They go into the house and there's a little mouse hole in the corner of the woodwork and they sort of knock on the wall to scare the mice and real mice run out. And the fairy godmother has to chase one and she can't quite catch it. But then two more come out and we don't even see the mice on the floor this time. We see them a little bit as they come out of the hole. Mm -hmm. But then we just see her running around as though she's chasing mice and she just sort of zaps them off screen, which I really like. And then there's just two horses inside the house. Yeah. They are real horses and they're inside the home. Mm -hmm. They acknowledge that they're inside the home, kind of. Yeah. Because at one point they're let out of the home. Yeah. And the carriage is outside. So. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I'm fine with that. You can, you can fit a horse through a doorway. That's. I mean, you, you can, but I, I would think that having a horse inside your house is like not ideal, especially if you're trying to cover it up from your evil stepmother and stepsisters. Oh yeah, no, definitely not ideal, but it is at least physically possible to remove them from the house without demolishing the house. Do you think that if there had been a horse inside your house while you were gone and you came back like four to five hours later, would you be able to tell that a horse had been in your house? No, absolutely not. (laughs) For like four minutes? No. (laughs) Literally, the horses are in there for less than two minutes. They're in there, and a rat gets turned into a coachman. Yeah, and when he's a person, he's (laughs) hunched over and making little rat motions with his little rat arms all curled up underneath him, and he's got buck teeth, and he kind of sniffs the air a lot. And then he pulls out of it and bows and acts like a person. But I don't like that. I didn't like that transitional period. It didn't like the mouse mannerisms on a human man. It's not good. Okay, so hear me out, though. Normally, I'm with you. I don't like it when that happens. Mm-hmm. I like this one because it is, the premise is that it's a theater. Like, it's called fairy tale theater. Mm-hmm. And so rather than do... I mean, I know they do poof transitions for everything else, and they absolutely could have just done a poof transition. But I like that they were like, hey, we're just going to have him act like a rat for a little bit. Like, oh, I'm curious about what's going on, and now I'm a person. I I like it in this one. I think the guy does a really good job pretending to be a rat turning into a person. And because it's premised as a theater, I have less issues with it. 
you've made a very thought out, very well said argument. Here <laughs> is my counter. I don't like it. <laughs> That's totally fair. <laughs> That's completely I just, fair. I find it like very unappealing. I just don't like it. I don't like seeing it. I don't care what the reason is. Just have him like jump up a little and look at one arm and then look at the other and then shrug and go lead out the horses. I, I don't disagree with you. I just, I feel like I've complained about this a bunch in other ones and I don't want to be hypocritical. So I want to explain why I'm more okay with this one. I mean, you're allowed to feel the way you feel. <laughs> I just, I just want it on the record. Uh, yuck. Okay. That's very fair. Okay. Then the fairy godmother goes, are you ready? And Cinderella is like, well, I can't, I can't go like this. And the fairy godmother goes, sure you can. You'll be one of a kind. The only girl dressed in soot, which again, mean. Yeah. And she goes, gotcha. Yeah. Cinderella goes, I like you. You make life fun. No, she doesn't. She's mean to you and it works every time. Like they don't laugh about it. She's always like, oh, you got me. I mean, she is smiling for the first time, so... Uh -huh. Yeah, because a person is doing nice things for her while being mean. I just think that her bar is set so low that she doesn't know what it's like to be treated well by someone. I'm sorry, that's so dark, but I just, I think that this isn't good. Okay, I... I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to agree with you, but okay. you're not wrong. So I'm just gonna talk about her dress now, because it's really pretty. So moving on. Moving on. She gets a really pretty dress. It's yellow. It has big sleeves and a boat cut neckline. There's little ruffles at her sleeves and it's got a big tulle skirt that's flowy. And again, this is very mid 1830s. And she's got a little flower crown on and her hair is in all these really pretty long, dark ringlets and her face is all clean. And she just looks so pretty. She looks very happy. Mm hmm. The fairy godmother gives her, as something extra, glass slippers and says that these are glass, so don't go kicking any rocks around. I like that we get an explanation of the glass slippers are literally just the fairy godmother's, like they're just hers, they're not part of the magic, and that's why they don't vanish at midnight. I, I don't know that that's explained any more than usual. She just, she doesn't poof them into existence, she just hands them to her. But where they came from is unclear. So probably also magic. Different magic, though. I don't know. For me, it made sense. The fairy godmother hands Cinderella into the coach and tells her that she has to be home by midnight because the magic will all end and says, trust me, this is no joke. Cinderella rides off and the fairy godmother waves at her and says, I love my work. <laughs> and then they're at the ball. Yes. There's music playing. There's some musicians. There's dancing. It is not the most impressive ball we've ever seen, but it does look like, you know, it could be people at a party dancing. There's more than several people in the room. Yeah, there's a decent number of people. There's people that are clearly uh, foreign. There's somebody wearing an Asian style dress. There's somebody wearing like a turban. It's some fun costumes and it's a lot of people. And I love the ballroom itself mm -hmm. because it's just a big circular room with stairs that go down to the middle, which is the big dance room floor area. And around the edges are these big fluted pillars with gauzy cloth draped, not between them like curtains, but over them like sashes. Mm -hmm. And the backdrop is just a color. It's just a fading color from purple to blue. 
like there's nothing there it's not pretending to be a room in a castle it's not pretending to be outdoors it's just generic this is a ballroom and the sky is past it i just i really liked it i thought it made the most out of what it had to work with i thought it looked like a set but it looked like a very nice set yeah it had like definitely a feeling of space it looked fancy. It looked nice. I thought they did a good job. It was much better than I had expected. Yeah. Based on like what their budget appeared to be. Yeah. I love it. And we meet Prince Henry now. Prince Henry is a very young Matthew Broderick. He's so cute. He's How adorable. old is he in this? He's 23 in this. Which really? Because he looks like he might be like 16. He has such a baby face. And that's... That's one of the things that I really like about this is that they have a very sweet and innocent kind of connection. Mm -hmm. Spoiler, the prince and Cinderella are going to have a connection. But it's very sweet. It's very innocent. And I love it because he's 23 and she's 22. Mm -hmm. Like in real life. And so it just feels... It's nice. It's just really nice. It just feels really pure and sweet. I love it. It's great. So the prince is making the rounds and just being polite to all of his guests who are mostly ladies. And he's just saying things like, oh, so glad you could come. And oh, such a lovely dress. And one of the ladies thanks him. And after he shakes her hand, she's like, oh, I'll never wash my hand. He's like, oh, okay. And kind of walks away from her only to greet a lady who like winks very aggressively at him. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, excuse me, fair maiden. Is there something in your eye? And she goes, no, I was just giving you a signal. And he goes, oh, no, no, no. Goodbye. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that about him. The girl with the hand kissing, by the way, he kisses her hand and she's like, thank you, Prince Henry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And he's like, for what? And she's like, for kissing my hand. Thank you. I'll never wash it again. They do a really good job of just letting us, the audience, know that all sorts of people fawn over him and he's just not interested in it. Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. want any part of this intrigue. He doesn't really enjoy having people just fawn over him. He's definitely very uncomfortable. Yeah. And I love that. I love that when the prince is not into being famous. Yes, for sure. I, I do occasionally like it when the prince is, like, cocky. And then Cinderella kind of takes him down a peg a little bit. Oh, and, yeah. like, he kind of has enough blows to his ego to, like, develop empathy for another person. Absolutely, yeah. And, like, grow a backbone. And I'm like, I usually like that. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's just not the story we're in, though. This is just a different no. flavor of no, Cinderella. No, no. <laughs> so we cut to the stepsisters. And they are ogling the aristocrats, but also stuffing their face with food. Just doing your running commentary. Yeah. And the stepmother is like, oh, what about him? And they're like, ew, he's old and ugly. And she goes, who cares? He's an aristocrat. And then they see Prince Henry. And both sisters race over to him and say, hello, Prince Henry. And as they do so, Arlene spits out some of the food that's in her mouth because she had been literally just playing like chubby bunny. (laughs) (laughs) And Henry, to his credit, is a little bit shaken, but responds pretty neutrally. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy you're enjoying the food. That is not neutral. I think that is, that is so shady. What? No, I think that's what do you say when somebody races up at you and spits out food at your feet when you're a prince hosting a party? You're like, clearly whatever you want. I mean, clearly whatever you want, but he but could have said, if you were polite, he could have just said, hello, it's nice to meet you. Excuse me. I don't know. I feel like if somebody's cheeks are full of food. Yes, that's like, that's rude. It's tacky. 
whatever. But if you're the prince, you can't just be like, ha ha, you like the food. I don't think that's what he was doing at all. I think he was then why mention the food? Because it was an embarrassing moment and he was trying to like smooth it over and just make everything like chill again. Just like, ah, neutral. Nothing happened. It's fine. Okay, he is either being snarky or he just put his foot in his mouth accidentally. He does not have the capacity to snark. This is the least snarky prince we've ever met. He's so not snarky. I know, but it's Matthew Broderick, so I keep suspecting him of being snarky. Okay, so here's my thing. This was my introduction to the concept of Matthew Broderick. So everything I've seen him in subsequently, I'm like, why is the prince being so mean? He's such a sweetie. I just... He's doing a lot of, like, genuine, sincere, big eyes at the camera. Yes. And I'm like, what is he trying to hide? Nothing, because he's 23 and he is genuinely just a pure little cinnamon roll at this point. Wow. His life has gone on some weird twists and turns, and I feel differently about him now. But past Matthew Broderick is just adorable and pure, and I love him. I don't have any feelings about Matthew Broderick other than, like, my God. Look at that child. I'm so old. (laughs) The oldest child ever. No, Um, I'm so old. (laughs) My grandmother. He tries to leave them at this point, but the stepmother has cornered him and goes, well? And he's like, well, what? (laughs) And she goes, well, what do you think of my daughters? Aren't they captivating? Fascinating. Fascinating. And he's like, oh, um, I think I hear my father, the king, calling me. You missed something? Oh, right. I missed the dancing. Okay. Okay, so she goes, don't you find my daughters fascinating? And he kind of hems and haws and goes, oh, well, uh, considering we've never met, I... And then they interrupt by saying, we can dance too, and you can dance with both of us at the same time. And he literally lifts a hand to his ear and goes, oh, I think I hear my father, the king, calling. Excuse me. It's amazing. It's a wonderful, oh, I'm sorry. I have to go somewhere else now. (laughs) You have to go wash my cat's hair. (laughs) But everything stops in that moment because Cinderella has arrived. The whole room has stopped and is looking at her. The stepmother says, who is that woman? Which is usually a line reserved for the prince. But okay. Yes. So people are sort of gathering around her. And I love that men and women are all gathering around her. She's not just being surrounded by a gaggle of men. Yes, I do like that people are like just intrigued by her. Yeah. But I don't like that they're swarming her a little. I don't like that they're swarming her, but I do like that it is a pretty even mix of men and women. And it seems like she is just a little bit shy and not sure what's happening, but she doesn't seem like... In peril. Yeah, or even overwhelmed. She just seems a little confused. Okay. So Prince Henry sees her and starts making his way to her and stops and asks somebody who is she they say i don't know but she's obviously a princess and henry's like yeah obviously (laughs) so he walks up to her and the crowd parts for him and he goes hello and she goes hi and then they just sort of stand there for a second and she's looking out over the ballroom and he's just staring at her like a puppy and she goes have you ever seen anything so beautiful in your life he's like no (laughs) it's just it's really cute she continues to say like oh remember this forever this is so great finally she looks at him and he is just still staring at her like a puppy and she asks if he's okay and he's like yeah and then he goes you wouldn't like to dance and she goes i wouldn't and he goes i thought not she goes no i mean i would he's like oh 
it's just it's an appropriate amount of awkward it's an amount of awkward that does not make me uncomfortable but which does humanize the situation okay I'm all for the awkward I liked when they were being awkward at each other in equal measure I didn't like the prince's like self-defeatist thing because he did it a couple of times and I don't like that he's going in with the attitude of like no she would never want to dance with me I'm sure she has a boyfriend already oh I knew it I, I just I don't like the vibe he's giving off. He hasn't said anything wrong. He hasn't done anything wrong, but it's too close to like nice guy vibes for me. Okay, I hear what you're saying. On the other hand, I really like the reversal because normally it's Cinderella being like, oh, he would never look at me. He would never talk to me. And it's him being the unsure one. That's cute. Yeah. I do like that. I would rather he got that out of the way with somebody else and not with her. Okay, agreed. Like with his dad or with like a random guy. Or just like somebody else. Okay, I'm I'm with you. Yeah. So the prince leads Cinderella to the floor, and they're the only ones on the floor, and we get tinkly, fading, cute music. We get a lot of fade cuts, so just overlays of her putting her hand on his shoulder and then him putting his hand on her waist and it fades in and it fades out. They're doing a very simple waltz. But they are doing a waltz, and the music that's playing is a waltz. Okay, but this scene takes so long. The scene does take a lot longer than I remembered. And you know, I think this is usually when I would go to the bathroom or like get another snack (laughs) or another glass of water, which is why I don't remember the scene being this long at all. There's a lot of like dimmed lighting and the camera moving in circles around them. But the steps that they're doing are very, very basic, just very back and forth. And it kind of like has them dancing and then overlapping them dancing but slightly closer from the same angle it just there wasn't a lot going on and we stayed there for a really long time yeah they do eventually do some twirls and that was more fun so i think we could have cut out a whole bunch of the first just back and forth part and just cut right to some twirls Mm -hmm. and then had you know a handful of overlay panning shots but then have just some just looking at them because we literally never see just them it's always an overlay of them big and see-through and then them dancing on the floor it goes on for a long time i would have also accepted if they had shown us their faces close up and them just like looking into each other's eyes or just looking happy just their faces i don't know i don't get a lot from watching people like mechanically move side to side in a way that is just very robotic yeah, it's not it's not the best dance scene. It's kind of cute. I like the opening with the slow hand on the shoulder, hand on the waist. It was very that romantic. That was cute. That was very cute. And he's wearing white gloves, but her hands are bare. And yeah. like it does feel like very intimate that they're holding hands and like looking at each other. Like that's cute. Yeah. He's wearing sort of like a red faux military type thing, by the way. The dance finally stops and she curtsies and he bows and he leads her away from the floor. And we cut to the band. And the band leader turns around and goes, we're going to take a little break now, but we'll be back real soon, ladies and gentlemen. So don't go away. <laughs> I thought we were about to have an intermission. <laughs> but we didn't. Nope. No, we shouldn't. He's looking right at the camera when he says it. I love it. It was great. So Cinderella compliments the waltzing. She says, I've never danced that way before. You were magnificent. And he says, well, it takes two to waltz. Okay, I think that he's really awkward, but... Yes. Yes. Yes, he he is. Okay, but I like that. No, it's cute. Okay, how I interpreted that was, 
she's like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. And he's like, well, I mean, we're both waltzing. Like, you were amazing too. I know he doesn't say that, but I always, I always heard that as, you know, I couldn't do it without you. We were both involved in this. I thought it was just a weird line for her to say. Okay, it is a weird Like, because you were magnificent is just very a lot for something that was so like lukewarm. It's not like he spun her around in like a salsa. It wasn't a fancy dance. Or like lifted her up at some point or like did a bend or whatever. Like Yeah, it's it's a little bit much. Yeah, he didn't like even dip her or anything. So I don't know about magnificent. Magnificent is like what you say after you dance with like Zorro or something. I'm with you. I I agree. So they're just sort of standing around now. And she's looking around the room kind of pointedly. And Henry says, oh, are you looking for someone? A boyfriend, right. I knew it. And he looks really disheartened. And she says, oh, no, actually, I was looking for Prince Henry. Do you know him? And he has this quiet little smile and he goes, oh, oh, I, yeah, I know him. I know him very well. He's a charming young fellow. He says, I think I saw him there. No. Uh, yep, there he is. And he points across the room and she looks where he's pointing and he goes, there he is. He's standing right next to you. And as he's saying, he's moving his finger around until he's pointing at himself. And then he bows to her and she blushes and does like a deep curtsy. And she's like, oh, I had no idea. I'm so embarrassed. And he goes, and you are? And she goes, I I am very pleased to meet you. Your pleasure is my pleasure. I mean. (laughs) It's a pleasure. (laughs) So she says, I'm so sorry. And he goes, oh, please don't be. I like it. It's hard to be anonymous when your face is on all the money. And she goes, it's a nice face. (laughs) So I love this moment because he is genuinely teasing her, but only for a second. He plays the joke out right away. Yes. And it's really cute. And it's not embarrassing. No. I mean, she is embarrassed, but not. But he's not making fun of her. He's just playing. Yeah. It's nice. It's not mean-spirited. Yeah, I don't like it when the prince actively tries to lie to her and tell her that he's not a prince, but he like has just found out that she didn't know. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I also like that he didn't use this information to get her to talk about the prince. Oh, no. He wasn't like, oh, well, what do you think of him? You know, he's a pretty handsome guy, huh? Yeah. Like no. he didn't do any of that. It was very nice. Mm-hmm. But we are interrupted by the stepsisters. And they're actually wanting over Cinderella first and not the prince right away. Yeah. And the stepsisters start asking her about her dress and where did she get it? And they're inviting her over and saying that maybe she could come hang out with them. The prince could come too. And Cinderella seems genuinely pleased by this. And she's very touched. And she's like, oh, yes. And then maybe we can be friends. That would be so nice. Meanwhile, Prince Henry like leans over and whispers to her, the most obnoxious woman I've ever met, which is, I'm sure, true. But again, rude for a prince to do at his own party, especially since they're not being mean to Cinderella and he has no way of knowing that she has a prior relationship to them. Okay. Viewed in that light, you are also correct. Unless he's trying to warn her. No, I don't think he's trying to warn her because he does tell her after they've, they bolted. Bertha basically goes, oh, let's go tell mother. And they both scamper off to go tell mother. and. Sorry. I like that he's not rude to their face. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's not nice. No, it's not. But I, I, he's so nice. So, so I want him to be so nice. Well, so the sisters are like, oh, you could come over to our house and we could be best friends. And Cinderella's like, I would like that. That would be nice. And she's really sincere because she's basically lost her sisters as well. She's had mm-hmm. sisters who have suddenly just done a personality switch. We've already gotten the line from her of they can't help how they are. And she's just like, oh, mm-hmm. maybe I could have my sisters back for a minute. And you get the sense that she doesn't believe it, but she's, you know. It's just, it's sad and sweet, but sad. It's, it's a bittersweet moment. So then Prince Henry goes, you must be hungry. Do you like fruit? And she nods. And he goes, we're all out of fruit. Oh, except for melon balls. And he goes to get her melon balls. Yes. And then she's sort of accosted by a drunk man who's wearing his gloves poorly and has like some empty fingers. Yeah, he's put his gloves on incorrectly so that some of the fingers are not in all of the glove parts. He is very drunk and holding a glass of what is supposed to be wine and just sort of stumbles down the stairs to her. And he's, he's slurring all of his words and he goes, hello, lonely maiden. I'm very famous. I thought he said, hello, lovely maiden. No, it's lonely maiden. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yep. Sorry. I've watched this since I was a child. I guarantee you it's hello, lonely maiden. I'm Alfred. That's so funny. Like, I'm very famous. And like, he hasn't, he, he's in her presence and she clearly sort of doesn't want him to be, but nothing has happened at all. He hasn't approached her or even like held her hand or anything. But just at that moment, Henry shows back up and he goes, can I help you? And Alfred is like, nah. And then goes, oh, she's, you're worth, oh, okay, never mind. I'm so sorry. And he's like, leave, Alfred. And Alfred's like, okay, bye. And stumbles away. (laughs) He says, disappear, Alfred. (laughs) I like this. He hands her the melon balls and Cinderella goes, that must be what's known as chivalry. Well, okay, listen, that didn't read as chivalry so much as like marking territory okay because he wasn't bothering her like yes he was drunk and he was probably about to hit on her but we didn't see anything that wasn't just like him saying hello yeah okay but alfred is gross i don't like alfred i would not want alfred to talk to me at a party and if someone saw alfred talking to me at a party and intercepted him before he could do so i would find that behavior chivalrous listen I am 100% certain that if that had gone on for like 30 more seconds, it would have been warranted. But it didn't. So like... Okay, but also, the prince knows Alfred. He knows these people. Okay. He knows that Alfred hits on everybody and is just the douchey frat boy of this royal court. And he's just... We don't know that. We don't know that. You decided that. We don't know that. The movie didn't tell us that. Come on. Seriously? I'm sorry. I just like, I don't think, I don't think it was chivalrous. All right. Fine. I'm so sorry. Ruining my childhood. I'm sorry. So the narrator then says that for the next several hours, Cinderella had the most amazing night. We see her getting introduced to different groups of people and they're all laughing. You know, she speaks and they all laugh and it is clear that they are all won over by her charm and beauty. It's very nice. It's nice that, like, not only did she have a good time dancing with the prince, but she just had a good time in general. She made friends. She, like, chatted. She danced. She had a good time. That's so nice. And I like that we're told that she's there for several hours, because sometimes she gets to be there for 15 minutes, and you're like, that's not enough time. I like that she was there for hours. 
Yeah, it's really nice. It made me really happy. I just like knowing too, because I think it gives it a lot of context. It does. So Henry and her standing to the side of the ball again. Henry says, well, I would say that you're the hit of the ball. And she says, well, you're the most charming prince that I've ever met. Prince Henry goes, maybe I could see you again sometime. And she clearly remembers that she has a time constraint now. And she says, please, could you tell me the time? And he goes, what does it matter? And she goes, no, like, seriously, please tell me what time it is. He reaches into his pocket to pull out a pocket watch and says, it's a quarter to 12. And the camera is on him. And he bends and puts his watch back in his pocket. And by the time he looks up, she has made it all the way across the room (laughs) and is just whoosh, zoof, gone. And then instead of following her, he just yells, wait, please, and looks after her dramatically while not moving his feet at all. And we zoom in on his face. I think he's pretty surprised that someone yeah, just sprinted definitely. away from him. And I think that he would be stunned into a moment of inaction. And we do then immediately cut to Cinderella slamming back into... Who has made it home. Who has made it home. And she slams back into her house just as the clock strikes 12 and all of her clothes poof back into rags. And the fairy godmother is sitting in her chair and she says, cutting it a little close. (laughs) And then she asks Cinderella to tell her about the ball. She's like, clear you had a good time. Tell me all about it. And so Cinderella gets to gush about like, oh, had the best time. And I met the prince and we danced and he fed me melon balls. And I talked to everybody and I had such a good time. And we never get to see Cinderella gush about what a fun time she has at a party. Like, we never get to see that. It's really cute. And she specifically ends it with reiterating that she likes the prince so much. It's just really cute. It's nice. like it a lot. Then after she said that, Cinderella says, and I owe it all to you. And the fairy godmother says, nonsense. You did it all yourself. The cake was already made. I only added the icing. And Cinderella says, but it was real, wasn't it? And the fairy godmother goes, what's reality? And then poofs out of existence. (laughs) (laughs) and just like okay so uh first things first i love that the fairy godmother reiterates to cinderella that hey it was your personality and your charm and your sweet nature that did all this all i did was put you in a pretty dress and get you there Mm -hmm. you really did do all if if you were a terrible person and you were snotty and mean wouldn't have done any good yeah but you're a lovely human and all i had to do was wipe the smudges off your face and put you in an okay dress. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reality line I just like to pretend doesn't exist so that I can <laughs> continue with my day and not just sit rocking in a corner. So we're just going to move past that. Okay, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> Unless you have well, Let us to... not gaze into the abyss. Please no. The abyss is too close as it is. So then we hear the stepmother and stepsisters approaching. So Cinderella jumps onto the sofa and curls up and pretends to have been sleeping. And she's in her rags again. So like, there's nothing to hide. Yeah. So they walk in and they're gushing about having met the mysterious princess. And they're talking about how they're going to get their hair done like her. And Arlene goes, oh, yeah, because everyone knows that the way to a man's heart is through your hair, which I thought was very snarky and funny. Yeah. The stepsisters have a lot of snark with each other and it's pretty fun. It's really good. And Cinderella asks, like, oh, who are you talking about? And she's told about the most beautiful princess that came to the ball and nobody knows who she is because she ran off and it was all very rude, actually. And the prince is very upset and too bad you missed it. Yep. And Cinderella kind of looks down and she smiles to herself and she's like, yes. And it's very cute. 
we do get one of my favorite things in a Cinderella where the stepsisters tell her about the ball inaccurately. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, how was the ball? And Bertha goes, we were a smash. Prince Henry fell in love with us. I really like it when the stepsisters lie to Cinderella about a ball that she was at. Yes, it's really satisfying. Yes. Especially when she gets to ask guiding questions like, oh, so you danced together? How many times? Like, it's, it's just funny. Yeah. It, that, that didn't happen. No, but, but I still like it. Yeah, but she was still, like, very pleased with herself. It was very sweet. So we cut back to the palace, and we're in the empty ballroom, sort of in the cleaning up phase. Chairs are being moved, servants are around. It's, it's party cleanup time. The worst. The worst time. Yeah. And Henry is sitting in a chair in the middle, just dejectedly. And we meet the king now. We meet King Rupert III, who is one of my favorite kings in all of Cinderella history. He's very fun. He grabs a chair and drags it over to Henry and he goes, hey, son, how was the ball? And Henry goes, it was terrible, father. The king goes, oh, I know. A couple of minutes of chit chat and I'm off to the kitchen, sniff a little brandy. You ever talk with that cook, Jack? He is a heck of a nice guy. And Henry just puts his face in his hands. And the king goes, you okay, son? Looking a little blue. Okay. So I great. genuinely thought he said off to the kitchen, sniff a little bread, because that's what I would do if I was at a party and there was a kitchen. I would go where the bread bread. is, obviously. And I would smell the bread because fresh made bread is delicious. Why wouldn't you smell the bread? But now that you've said brandy, things are clicking together. Yeah. Also, what you drink brandy out of is called a snifter. I understand where I went wrong. (laughs) I see that now. I'm with you. I um, also partake of bread smells. I'm not saying that you're incorrect, just that that is not what the king is doing. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, I would definitely go to the bread before I went to the brandy. I mean, depending on the party. Ideally, both. Oh, I mean, yeah, both. Just the order. Anyways, so the prince says, I'm in love, father. And the king goes, ah, I see. Henry talks about her and the king goes, let me tell you something about women's son. They're different from men. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines <laughs> it's so great he doesn't follow this up with anything by the way that nope. was the extent of his wealth of knowledge to be fair he's not wrong I, okay so the king goes ah a little hard to get play who is this mysterious woman and prince henry goes i don't know who she is i don't even know where she's from all i know is that i want to see her again and the king kind of thinks about it and goes well we know she likes to come to fancy parties. Throw another one. We'll leak it to the press. We'll invite everyone. We'll leak it to the town crier, is what he says. We'll leak it to the town crier. That's so funny. <laughs> and Matthew Broderick lights up and he's like, that's a terrific idea. We'll have another ball tomorrow. Leave the decorations up. Prepare the melon balls. And the king goes, okay, well, I'm a little pooped. Maybe wait till next week. But uh, leave those decorations up save a little money yep and then we're at the ball again and it's next week it's next week okay one leak it to the town crier is one of my favorite lines in the history of film that's very funny it's great i also am really happy that there is another ball and it's him trying to find her that was a cute idea yeah and i love that it's next week and not tomorrow yeah although i don't know did they announce it right away or did they did they wait until the day before to announce it in true tradition? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, so we see this next week ball. It's big pillars and it's draped in gauzy fabrics and fancy people are there dancing. 
And then we cut to Cinderella alone in the kitchen. And she is looking up to the sky, calling, please, please, where are you? And I really need you. I just have to see him one more time. She sits and puts her head down on the table dejectedly because nothing is answering her. And then the fairy godmother goes, oh, where is your faith? And Cinderella says, oh, there you are. There's another ball. And the fairy godmother looks really sad and goes, listen, I I can't. Last week I lost my magical powers. Maybe something I ate? I don't know. And then she goes, gotcha. And they do the whole pumpkins and rodents thing. But I just like, she's so upset. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Yeah, I don't don't like that joke. This is clearly a big deal to her. I'm like, she has a rough life. Just let her have it. Just be there for her. No one's there for her. Yeah. Okay. So we cut back to the palace and Henry is not in the ball. He is pacing around the door and sort of dancing with himself and just genuinely being anxious. And it's kind of adorable. The king comes out and he goes, son, she's not going to show. Come back in. And Henry is like, no, I'll just, I'm just going to wait a few more minutes. And the king goes, I'll be in the kitchen. (laughs) Which I love so much. Now we're back at the manor and Cinderella had already gathered the pumpkin and the mice and stuff. Okay, so the pumpkin's already hollowed out and ready to go. And the mice and the rat are like in cages next to the pumpkin. And she like brings the fairy godmother over to them and kind of gestures to him. And she's like, I got everything ready. And the fairy godmother is like a little taken aback and kind of makes fun of her for it a little bit. Like, oh, you don't want to waste any thought- time. Like, no. But I love that. I love that she's like, okay, I can't do anything about like, making the magic but i can what can i do how can i help what can i get done i can do I the just, prep I work like her. this is prep yeah. work i like it it shows preparedness i like it she like thought about it she's shown initiative i just i really like her i love her as a cinderella i think she's wonderful so the fairy godmother goes well we'll try the old three-in-one trick and cinderella goes will that work and the fairy godmother goes if they don't explode yep which as a kid i thought was hilarious <laughs> And as an adult, I still find it hilarious, but for no reason whatsoever. No, it was cute. Okay, good. Thank you for not killing that part of my childhood. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. I guess I forgive you. Cinderella has a different dress this time. It's a white dress. It is floofier than the other one. It has, it's very much in the same style, but it's a little bit fancier. She has long white gloves and sort of a silvery tulle overskirt and her hair is up in white flowers again. And it's just, it's so pretty. You guys, it's just, it's gorgeous. But then the fairy godmother looks a little bit concerned and bends over and raises the hem of her dress a little bit and goes, where are your glass slippers? Because Cinderella is just in her stocking feet. And Cinderella goes, oh, fairy godmother, I don't, I don't know how to tell you this, but I was wearing them the other day and I was just kicking down the cobblestones and I broke one. And the fairy godmother's like, you what? And she's like, gotcha. And pulls out the shoe from behind her. And I like that. I thought that was really cute. I don't think it worked, but it was, I like what they were going for. And I just, I find the Cinderella very charming. Mm-hmm. So, okay. <laughs> so she gets in the carriage and fairy godmother reminds her about midnight and Cinderella's like, yes, yes, yes. I know. Thank you. I would like to go now. <laughs> and the fairy godmother goes, all right, goodbye. Have a good time. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. And if you do, just don't. Crazy kid. <laughs> So we're back in front of the castle and Prince Henry's still there pacing back and forth. He seems to notice something on the carpet that he's standing on and kind of like picks some lint off of it. 
And then Cinderella pulls up in her carriage and he's so excited to see her. He runs right up to her and she runs right up to him. And he's like, I knew it. I just knew you'd come. And Cinderella says, oh, I was afraid you wouldn't want to see me again after the way I ran off. Prince Henry says, are you kidding? You're the reason I'm having this ball. And she says, really? And he says, let's go. And they walk into the ballroom hand in hand. And it's very sweet. It's so sweet. And they start dancing and they're, they've got their cheeks pressed to like cheek to cheek. Yeah. It's very sweet. Uh, and <laughs> the king goes, ah, what a beautiful lady. And comes right up to them and goes, excuse me, aren't you going to introduce me? And Prince Henry goes, we're dancing, father. And it's just prime, like, cranky teenager. Oh, it's the, incredible. The teenage it's energy. so good. Uh, it, the teenage oh energy is gosh. so good. <laughs> the king goes, son, come on, I'm the king, introduce me. And they've kind of rotated a little bit on the dance floor. And so Cinderella's facing the king now. And she goes, hello, I've heard so much about you. And then they keep turning. And now Matthew Broderick is forward towards the king. And he goes, can you wait until later, please? It's so funny. <laughs> it's so great. And the king backs off. He's like, no need to get huffy. It's and just kind of goes back to his seat. It's the best. I love it. <laughs> so we fade to Cinderella and the prince sitting alone outside by a fountain. And Cinderella says, Henry, since you're more experienced, maybe you can tell me why we feel so comfortable together. And Henry goes, oh, that's easy. I have no idea. <laughs> all I know is I couldn't stop thinking about you all week. And Cinderella goes, you too? I felt empty, like there was a part of me missing. Henry goes, me too. And Cinderella goes, but I don't feel that way now. And she goes, do you suppose that that's what love is? And Henry goes, it's a possibility. I just wish I knew more about this sort of thing. It's just so cute and so pure. It's just like small children talking about adult things. And it's hilarious and cute. It's very sweet. And I do like that they appear to be on the same level. Yes. Like I genuinely believe that they're both figuring this out together. Absolutely. And I love that because it puts them on very even footing. Yes. And I like that she's comfortable with him and she's initiating a lot of this. Yeah. And, and she's expressing curiosity about it. And she's the one that goes, well, do you know anything about kissing? And he says, yes, I'm almost certain it has something to do with lips. And she goes, like mine? And he goes, yes, they get very close together, almost touching. And through this whole thing, they've been leaning closer and closer together very, very slowly. And then they kiss. And it's such a romantic kiss. It's so sweet. Mm -hmm. It's very cute. Because they're actually sitting like pretty far apart from each other and they just lean towards each other and make like an upside down V. It's just very cute. Yeah, but they're not like comedically far apart. It's not cartoonish. It's just they're sitting side by side with a little distance between them. It's just it's super sweet. It's just very much a first kiss. Yes, it's this is a lovely first kiss. And so yes. then the kiss ends and Henry goes one more time because they're still very close together. And Cinderella goes, so soon? And Henry goes, live dangerously. And then they kiss again. And they're just having a very sweet prolonged kiss. And the camera pans away. And then we see their reflection in the pond thing that they're sitting by with the moon in it. And it's just super cute. It's a very cute scene. Mm -hmm. This is very, this is like peak romance for me. Oh, so I love this scene. But then the clock starts to strike. And 
she says sort of just against his face like not really breaking the kiss she goes <laughs> is it 11 o'clock already except that sounds like is it 11 o'clock already it's so funny and he goes i think it's 12 and she's like oh no and gets up and runs away and he looks very confused in a different direction from the one that she's running and then looks back at her and goes not again and gets up to chase after her yeah I love how much he is chasing after her because he's definitely running. A lot of Prince just sort of toddle after her. He is booking it like he is full on running. He is not catching her. No, but nope. he's definitely putting in effort. And it's nice to see after the first time where he was just frozen in place. Yeah. But this time he's like, no, I'm ready for this. I've got my running shoes on. Yes. We get dramatic scenes of her running and she loses a shoe and she looks back at it, but she can't stop for it. And then before she can get into her carriage, right in front of the palace, it turns back into a pumpkin and she turns back into her rags. She just picks herself up and runs away. Mm -hmm. And the prince comes out and a doorman who was not there a second ago also walks out and Henry turns to him and goes, where did she go? And the servant's like, who? And the prince goes, beautiful princess who just ran by. And there's just this comedic back and forth where the guy didn't see him because it turns out that he had left his post at the door to go pee in the bushes. Oh, was that what happened? I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Oh, because, okay, what happens on the screen is that they go back and forth like this, and he's like, I didn't know it was her, I don't know. And finally he admits, I wasn't here, sire, your highness, sir, your prince, sir. And then he looks very uncomfortable and whispers something into Prince Henry's ear, and Prince Henry just goes, oh. Look, he's either... Peeing in the bushes. Uh-huh. Had too much wine and had to throw up in the bushes. Uh-huh. Or is having an indiscretion with somebody in the bushes. And I prefer to think that he had to take a wee. Okay, I just don't understand why they wouldn't just say that. It's so needlessly mysterious. And I have a dirty mind, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I think that your highness, your princeness, sir, your, your princeness, highness. I, that's a funny part to just go back. And, yeah, I, I do like that. Yeah. Anyway. At that uh. point, Prince Henry notices the shoe and goes, hello, and picks it up. And the guard defensively goes, that's not mine. And <laughs> Prince Henry goes, I know, it's hers. It's really funny. Uh, and then we cut to Cinderella running Ooh. into the house completely out of breath. Yeah. And she yells, fairy godmother, where are you? It's not fair. It's all just a cruel joke. I don't like your sense of humor anymore. Me too yeah and she wishes that there'd never been any magic and that she never came here in the first place because then she'd never known what she was missing because she loves the prince so much and at the end of it all she just kind of whispers to herself i love you prince henry and then we immediately cut to the prince telling his father she doesn't love me father which i thought was a cute cut it's a nice transition i like it and that scene with cinderella is really compelling it's just it really hits it's a very sad scene Mm-hmm. but yeah the transition to i love you she doesn't love me father is pretty funny <laughs> and the king is trying to console his very dramatic teenage son <laughs> and says nonsense i was watching you all evening although i admit she is a strange one always scampering off like that and henry goes i don't even know her name and the king is like come on man you don't know her name what have you been calling her hey you which i love the king so much and the prince goes, well, one thing's for certain. She has incredibly tiny feet. And the king goes, ah, I have an idea. You make an announcement. You say, whatsoever it slippereth, uh, 
whomsoever if this um just say that you'll marry the girl who fits this glass slipper and henry's like oh yes that's a terrific idea the king goes yeah of course that's why i'm the king (laughs) it's just so cute and then we cut to an entire line of ladies in fancy dresses all holding number signs and they're i believe at like number 50 Mm-hmm. just standing in the line and trying on the shoe very awkwardly the prince is in the room but it appears that they're at the castle and they have come to the castle and the messenger is having them try on the shoe but the prince is sitting right next to him yeah and the prince looks very exhausted by the process indeed the narrator does tell us that they start with the first logical place which is the ladies of the court yes and that when that fails to produce any results they head off for the countryside uh, with every promising house And we see a couple of different people. And the prince is always there, trying on the shoe. And then the narrator says that the prince continued his search for several weeks, but to no avail. Yeah. So he's been just like out riding just every day for a while. Wow. I wonder if he takes weekends off or not. He seems really committed. I don't think that he takes weekends off. I think that he is just really intense about this. And I love that about him. That's really cool. They must have a big kingdom. Yeah. So we cut to Cinderella's house. Arlene is whining that the wrap that she's put on her foot hurts. And the stepmother says, it doesn't matter that she was supposed to be very small and we have to shrink your feet. Bertha, the fat blonde one, is asleep on the sofa and sort of snore, snorts herself awake and goes, actually, I'm pretty sure that I lost a glass slipper. Yes, I'm almost positive. And the stepmother and Arlene look at each other and roll their eyes like, oh my God, Bertha, Ugh, get it together. And I think it's funny that they don't lie to each other about who they are. <laughs> fundamentally. Oh my God. And then we're outside with the prince and the messenger. And the messenger's like, oh, my feet are killing me. And Prince Henry goes, and their feet are killing me. They knock on the door exhaustedly. We've seen the messenger knock on the door several times in a very sort of royal messenger type knock. And he just, from his shoulder, just exhaustedly just slam, slam. He's so tired. It's really funny. It's a good physical comedy moment. And he goes, guess who? And the stepsisters open the door and they're like, oh, Prince Henry, what a surprise. And Prince Henry goes, yeah, I'll bet. Yeah. And they go on in. And the messenger's like, do I have to? Trust me, it won't fit. And the prince is like, just do it. Yeah. So messenger puts the glass shoe on Bertha's foot. And it doesn't fit. Nope. He goes next. And Arlene takes the like wrapping off her foot. And it doesn't work. And the stepmother is like, push a little harder, Arlene. And still doesn't work. So the messenger is like, oh, man, tough luck. And Bertha says, let me try again. My feet were swollen. And from the back, Cinderella, who's been in the room this whole time, but just like completely in the background, goes, maybe it'll fit me. And the stepmother and stepsisters begin to laugh. And the prince is like, what's so funny? And the stepmother says, well, that's just Cinderella. She's nothing but a nothing. And Prince Henry goes, ma'am, it takes one to know one. It's an amazing line. It's very cute. And the stepsisters start berating Cinderella for making all this trouble. But she sits down in the chair and Prince Henry gets on one knee and he takes her foot in his hand and he puts the glass shoe on and it fits. And he says, it's a perfect fit. I found my princess. And she looks at him and she says, thank you. I've been looking for it everywhere. And she pulls the second shoe out from behind her. 
mm-hmm. which point Bertha accuses her of cheating. Yes. And Arlene says, oh, I knew it was her all along. <laughs> and they stand up and Henry kisses Cinderella in all her rags and soot. Because the reason that she was in this room was that she was cleaning the fireplace. Yeah. And the reason that she was hidden is that there are chairs and sofas in front of the fireplace. So she was essentially hidden behind a chair, not like secretly hiding. Just I was in this room working and now everyone is in this room too. Just no one was thinking about her. Yeah. But I love that he kisses her in all of her sooty rags and he is so happy to see her and so happy that he found her and he's only looking at her face. He does not care. It's wonderful. And then the stepmother goes, so son, now we can all be one happy royal family. And then there's a poof and the three of them just poof out of existence. Stepmother and stepsister is just gone. And we look down at the floor and there are three bunnies there with little floppy ears. (laughs) And the fairy godmother says from off screen, I've been wanting to do that for a long time. And Cinderella goes, the fairy godmother. The fairy godmother says, let's get you out of these rags for good. And poof goes the dress. And she's back in the second dress again. And it's very pretty and very frilly and has very floofy sleeves. And she looks like a princess. Yes. And then the prince says my favorite line, which is, pardon me for asking, but who is that magic woman? It's great. And Cinderella goes, that's my fairy godmother. She's the one who brought us together. And the prince goes, thank you, dear lady. It's great. And Cinderella gets worried about the stepmother and stepsisters and says, don't you think it's a bit cruel to turn them into rabbits? And the fairy godmother goes, no, it's okay. It's only until midnight. And then Prince Henry puts two and two together and goes, midnight. Oh, but that's why. And the fairy godmother is like, yeah, handsome and smart. Prince Henry says, oh, please tell me you'll stay for the wedding. And the fairy godmother says, who do you think is going to give away the bride? And Cinderella and Prince Henry start kissing again. The fairy godmother takes a couple of steps forward and looks right at the camera and goes, and they live happily ever after. And then she goes poof and disappears. And we get the narrator saying, and who would know better than a fairy godmother? Which is said like it's a joke or the answer to a riddle or some kind of revelation. But like, no, we we know that already. It was a weird double ending. I'm not normally a big fan of people looking down camera, but if anyone's going to do it, I think the fairy godmother is the only one who's allowed to. It was just weird that she addressed us. And then also there was a narrator. It, It was just a weird choice. I did like their use of the narrator because he did give us a lot of the information about, okay, weeks have passed now. Okay, Cinderella was at the ball for hours. We have seen much worse narrators. I have nothing bad to say about this narrator. I think this is the best narrator that we've ever had. Yes, this was completely fine. Yes. Nothing bad happened. Nothing bad happened. I liked him as a narrator. And he didn't end up being a giant frog. Oh, God, I forgot about that. There you go. A little throwback for you. No. Oh, God, I forgot. Okay. But that is where the movie ends. So we're, we're done with the fairy tale theater Cinderella now. So, Talon, what are your highs and lows for this? So my high is the relationship of the prince and the king and just kind of their back and forth. I found those lines to be the funniest and I really like their dynamic of the king being a little pushy and a little absent-minded and kind of like, oh, I hate all those parties. I just go hang out in the kitchen with Jacques the chef. Like, I thought that was funny and him wanting to be introduced to Cinderella and the prince getting like very petulant. I thought that was very funny and I just enjoyed 
anything the prince did that wasn't just him being very straight man to other things happening around him. Mm-hmm. So when he got to be the funny one, I really enjoyed it. Agreed, yeah. My low is the way that the fairy godmother jokes with Cinderella. Every time she joked with Cinderella, I was like, I don't know, man. Like, this is not a good time. She's clearly upset. Just like, this doesn't have to be a joke. That's, that's fair. How about you? Okay, so my high is the scene about, do you know what kissing is? Yes, I'm almost <laughs> certain it involves the lips. That's my favorite scene. I think it is so romantic. I think it's so cute. And it's such an innocent, pure, sweet love. And it's so sweet. And they're both just little babies. And it's adorable. It's cute. It's my favorite scene. My low? This is going to be weird. Mm-hmm. My low is Edgar's lived experience. <laughs> because his school sweetheart, who he came to say hello to, he thinks she's dead. Yeah, poor Edgar. Why was Edgar in there? That's like the inclusion of Edgar, I think, is my least favorite because the Cinderella story works better when you see her as not having been romantically involved with anybody before or even having romantic interest in anyone before. Mm-hmm. You know, she's friends with the villagers and stuff, but she's pretty isolated. Mm-hmm. If they'd managed to make him like a jerk in that scene, that would have been okay, I guess. Or if he was genuinely just a friend and hadn't brought flowers. And- or it could have been like one of her father's friends or something. Yeah. Or like a local lady or yeah, it could have worked, but it didn't work. Yeah, I didn't. I've never liked the inclusion of Edgar in this movie because the what would have been makes me really upset to think about because like she could have had a whole life that didn't involve magic where she just answers the door. Edgar asks her out on a date. She falls in love with Edgar because you can love a number of people. Love is not limited to one person. And she doesn't have to engage in magic and just gets everything she wants. And don't get me wrong. I like that she ends up with the prince. I think that she should have ended up with the prince. I'm happy that she ends up with the prince. But I don't like that Edgar was an option. Mm -hmm. I agree completely. So what would you change about this movie? Oh, I'm going to get rid of Edgar now that you've made your case for it. Like, obviously, get rid of Edgar. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to change the order of this next season. You ask these and I get to take the easy answers. How about you? Oh, how about me now that you've stolen my answer? Yes. Okay, thank you. I'm going to need a second. Um, oh, take your time. <laughs> I, I know it's hard to come up with all the good ideas. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I would have the fairy godmother not make fun of her. Yeah. I would have the fairy godmother just do magic that makes her laugh. You know, a ball bounces around the room or she puts on like a funny puppet show of the stepsisters or she makes fun of them in some way. Okay. Uh, I don't know about puppet show, but okay. I don't know where that came from. I just reached sideways into the bag that is my mind, and what came out was puppet show. So, okay, too bad. So yeah, I would I would make her make Cinderella smile and engage with happiness in a different way. Mm-hmm. Do you think our listeners should watch this? Oh yeah, absolutely. This one's really cute. I agree. It is on YouTube. It's fifty three minutes long, so it's super easy to watch. It's adorable. I recommend everybody watch this. It's one of my favorites, if you haven't guessed. I mean, like, if you like watching Cinderella's, and, like, if you're listening to this podcast, I hope to God you like watching Cinderella's, because otherwise, like... What are you doing here? Is it a punishment? Like, I'm worried. I have concerns. (laughs) Anyway, if you like Cinderella's, I'm reasonably certain you'll enjoy this one. It's cute. Yeah, it's very cute. I will obviously be watching this again. Will you be watching this again? 
I'm not opposed to watching it again. I don't think I would ever watch it by myself. Okay. But if you wanted to watch it again and you wanted to watch it together, I would totally watch it again. We should watch The Three Little Pigs because it has Jeff Goldblum as the big bad wolf and Billy Crystal as the little pig. And it's absolutely hysterical. That is wild. That is a wild sentence that you just said to me. Yeah. Valerie Perrine plays a sexy pig. Okay. Okay. So final grades for the movie. What are you giving this? I'm giving this a B plus. Okay. I don't love it like you love it, but it's very cute. I liked most of it. There's just a couple of like polish kind of things that I didn't love that could have been reasonably easy fixes. On the whole, it works for me. So B plus. Okay. How about you? Well, I had decided to give this an A plus going into it because I love this movie and it is the Cinderella of my childhood, but you've ruined it. (laughs) So... I don't like that the fairy godmother is so mean to her and don't like Edgar. Having watched however many dozens of Cinderella's we've watched at this point, I there's a lot of things that they could have done better just in terms of storytelling. I like what they do with the budget that they have, mm-hmm. but I think that they told parts of the story poorly. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give this an A-. minus. Wow. Yeah. You're very fair. I'm pretty sad about that. So A-. minus and. I'm just going to be sad in the after party. Well, it's almost midnight. So thanks for joining us. If you like this episode, please leave us a rating or a review. We'd love to hear from you. So follow us at CinderPod on Twitter and Instagram, like our Facebook page, or email us at thecinderellapodcast at gmail.com. If you want bibbidi-bobbidi bonus episodes or to hear us discuss this week's Cinderella, but with more adult questions, language, and beverages, Join us in the Ever After Party at patreon.com slash cinderpod. Our intro music is Bad Ideas by Kevin McLeod, and you can find him at incompetech.com. Hello, what are we watching next week? Next week, we're watching Jim Henson's The Storyteller, episode nine, which is The True Bride, which is close enough to a Cinderella that I think it's going to count. Okay. It may or may not be Muppet-based. It sounds like if it's Jim Henson... There will be puppetry involved. I'm pretty sure there's going to be puppetry involved. I feel like you cursed us by saying that the fairy godmother should do a puppet show. Oh, I did. I'm so sorry. Future Liv and Talon. I apologize for whatever horrors I've wrought. Okay. But yeah, I'm excited. This is going to be fun. I've never watched this. I don't know anything about it. It's reasonably short, so. You know what? I bet this is going to be interesting. I think it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Well, until then, we hope you have a happily ever after. Thank you.